This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. You can sell your products on an online store or create custom merch easily to create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products and production inventory and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. Use their analytical insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com Lexi to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com L-E-X-I-E. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Lexi Lombard, host of the Alexi Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is my first episode that I've ever recorded, being 27 years old. My birthday was last Wednesday, and expectations are not something I like to have in any sector of my life ever, because if you keep your expectations low or don't have any to begin with, you're always grateful and pleasantly surprised. And I think birthdays, regardless of how hard you try, there's always going to be an expectation because it's your day, you know? That's the day that you entered life. You've been on earth since that day and there's an anniversary for it each and every year. And it's going to make you think about yourself and your life each and every time. And if it's not a good day, it hits harder than it would on just any random day. So what I've done for the past several years is taken some sort of trip. I've done beach trips, ski trips, went to a rodeo. This year, I wanted to go to Mexico. I wanted to go to Mexico City or Cabo, and my passport is expired. It needs to be renewed, and suddenly I was left to come up with a new idea, and I don't love a birthday dinner. They work some of the time, but more often than not, I feel like birthday dinners are not fun, so I didn't want to do that. Feels like the go-to, but it wasn't going to be something that I was looking forward to. I decided, why don't I host something at my house? Tyra and I have made such a wonderful, inviting home for ourselves, and I really love it. I love where I live, and I love who I live with, and I just love the energy of my home. Why don't I host something there? So I sent out invitations, and the birthday celebration actually began the Thursday before last Wednesday. I've noticed that because my birthday fell on a Wednesday, it got celebrated twice, the weekend before and the weekend after. Really long celebration. I don't need a birthday week, but I ended up having so much fun. I've loved turning 27. It's been a great time. One of my friends took me and another one of her friends who was having a March birthday and three of our other friends out to dinner. Her dad owns a restaurant and it's fantastic. It's so good. And she treated us to everything on the menu and every cocktail ever. It was a marvelous feast and went out dancing and then you know, went out and had a little a little fun weekend and such. And then that week, I had received a call from one of my best friends. Shout out Jesus. Not Jesus. His name is Jesus. I Jesus calls me and he's like, Lex, check your text. Tell me at the hotel that I just sent you is near you. It was. The next day. Is an 845 Babel reservation okay? 
one of my favorite restaurants in the city. I love this man with my whole heart. He flew from New York to Los Angeles for my birthday, rang in my birthday with me, took me out to dinner to one of my favorite restaurants. Oh my God, we had the duck hummus, we had the prawns, we had martinis, we had fried quail, we had their celery root, we had lamb shawarma. Oh my God. And then we met up with my friend Alex, who's effectively my sister, and the three of us rang in my birthday. Oh my God. I think I just got a little too excited that Jesus was there. And I just the three of us were together. It was a great little trio. We're talking, chatting, having another martini, talking, chatting, having another martini. Next thing you know, we're taking a shot. Then we're outside like shooting the shit with the bartender and then we walk across the street to another bar and we have another martini and we're sitting and then this guy comes around with a clipboard and he's like hey we're doing a little like pool betting you want to get in on this we get in on this next thing you know he buys me a birthday drink next thing you know i've had i don't know 11 martinis and we're playing pool and things are starting to go wavy and i'm throwing up on my new shoes outside of a jiffy loop i bought these new boots from spain I wake up in my bed in pajamas, my face is washed, my hair is brushed, my teeth are brushed, my retainers are in, my skin is moisturized. So, I mean, I have so much faith in intoxicated Lexi. I have zero faith in uh, high Lexi as a little side note. She won't even brush her teeth, let alone do her skincare routine. She's not going to change her clothes. If she has her socks on from the day, yeah, I could see high Lexi falling asleep on top of her bed with the lights on, with the full clothes that she wore out for the day. It's She's not my fave, but that's like too high. You know what I mean? I digress. I'm asleep. Now, when I woke up in the morning, I'm super disoriented because I'm like, oh God, the last thing I remember is throwing up on my shoes. Still drunk? Like, I don't exactly know. And so in this like somewhat sleepy, disoriented, potentially drunk stupor, I opened my bedroom door and walked down the hall to get a glass of water. And as I opened my bedroom door, there are balloons, there are streamers, there are decorations and banners everywhere wishing me a happy birthday. I walk to the kitchen. Alex is sitting there with a smile on her face. I'm shocked. I grab her, hug her so tight. Like, when? She's like 3.30 in the morning. Jesus was like, y'all have a great night. And I said, no, no, no. You're coming inside with me. We have balloons to blow up. Oh, my God. She had cookies with my face on them. There was a t-shirt that said, because I'm Lexi, that's why. Presents galore, like, ugh, uh, honored 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 then I went to Pilates I actually regret it they say you never regret a workout class I regret that one because I was on the machine and Pilates is all about micro movements when you're moving back and forth on an upset stomach I thought my throat was gonna fall out of my mouth it was a horrible experience so that happened but I was you know proud of myself 27 take a shower, take a little power nap before it's time to just really get the decorations and everything going for the party. And I'd spent the previous days running around, which has taught me how much or reminded me how much I love being on my feet. I love being out and about. I love bopping around. So I had a lot of fun planning this party. And it's time to set up. And my God, I cannot believe I haven't done this before, at least not in years. The last house party I had for my birthday, 
I guess I did it at 21, but it wasn't at my own house. I rented out a house in Rockaway. But the last time I did that is when I turned 18. I held this gorgeous party at my house, and I insisted that my parents were not allowed to be there because it was going to be alcohol-themed. How ridiculous, whatever. I had gummy bears and gummy worms soaking in vodka for a week in my friend's fridge because, you know, my parents are, like, very aware of everything. You know, you had to go to the friend with the careless parents to do that. I was like, yo, can you put these in your basement fridge? He said, absolutely. And I made fruit kebabs, like Pinterest, and I had, I probably made like a watermelon cake. Do you remember those days? That was like the 2014 Pinterest where you put yogurt on a watermelon, like a cake, and the yogurt was like icing. I don't, whatever. And had all these gorgeous little cocktails and champagne and whatever. It was amazing. And I had so much fun then, so I can't believe I... It's taken me almost 10 years to do it again. So this party was a success in my eyes because everywhere I looked, every person I saw, I was so grateful that they were there. They put a smile on my face and I kept having this really rudimentary thought that had such a deep meaning to me. It was a party of only people I liked because it's my party and I invited them. And I kept telling that to everyone after I had a few drinks. I was like, is it amazing? I just, it's a party of only people I like because I picked them out. Thank God I know my neighbors or else I could see myself getting the worst neighbor of the year award because every single time someone entered the apartment, everyone would cheer for them. Everyone was like, Woo! clapping. Every single person that entered from the first person to the last person, everyone got a cheer when they entered. And it was a great, great, great time. We were you know, silly off margaritas, and then we went out after, and next thing you know, it's five in the morning, I'm showering, smiling from ear to ear, utterly grateful, just, uh, oh, verklempt, ah, just so good, so good, and after a week of celebrating, I will say, I've missed working, I've definitely put relationships, and partying, and socializing, and having fun, as my highest priority as of recently, and I think I'm going to go through why and how I got here, but it's gotten to a point where I miss working. I know it's, I'm one of the people that I guess I dream of labor. I'm not like Kourtney Kardashian said. I'm not the girl that's like, oh, I'm just here to look cute and show up at parties. No, I'm here for more than to serve cunt and parties. If that is what you are here to do, by all means, slay. <laughs> go off. But it's just not fulfilling. If I'm having too much fun, suddenly I stop having fun. I'm a red-blooded American girl. I need to work. I need to earn my happiness. But in some sort of way, it really is true. I like accomplishing something that's challenging or something that's a little difficult. I find joy in it. I find satisfaction in it. And I've been really lucky with my career and I've had a really fortunate career path. I've actually never had a traditional nine to five job. I've always, in every job that I've ever had, been self-employed. And that is because I had a hobby at age 12 that has turned into a career path. When I was 12, I began posting little music videos with my friends on YouTube and then began posting beauty videos and fashion videos and the most innocent of topics, it was like, how to wear fun tights to school, makeup that looks good in school's fluorescent lighting, what to pack to a sleepover. And then as I got a little bit older, they started getting a little bit spicier. Like when I started wearing thongs, like when I got my first thong, a lot of you know where I'm going with this. I wanted to make a point to my girlies following me 
that wearing a thong did not make you a slut because when I was in middle school, it felt like all of the girls or all the moms truly of the girls that wore thongs would talk really poorly onto the girls and their moms that bought them thongs. And I wanted to make a statement. I was like, ladies, you're not a slut. If you wear a thong, you're probably just trying to wear yoga pants and not have underwear lines. And I created a video called What Your Mother Doesn't Tell You About Thongs. And that has, it's private now, but it had, I don't know, 10, 12 million views, something of the sort, which was pretty unheard of for 2011 YouTube, you know? Maybe it was 2012 at this point. So let's back up and just talk about work in general because that is the theme that I want for this video. And I wanna talk about my work history because I do think that it's been a very unconventional route. When I was in third grade, I really liked the idea of earning my own money. I've always liked to have my own money. And my grandfather ingrained incredible financial habits in me. We would play all of these different finance games when I was a little kid, because I think he knew. I am the only child of two adults that love to shop. And my grandpa is my was my mom's father. And I think he knew, Lil Lexi, you're the daughter of a shopaholic. Your mother spends money like it's burning a hole in her pocket. So we're going to teach you how to save from like age three. So I remember counting coins at three years old. And if I counted all of them correctly, he would let me keep them. And I would save them. When I was in third grade, we lived in a townhouse. And our neighbor who lived below us had a golden retriever. And I loved her dog. And I said, if you ever want a dog walker, I would be happy to work for you. And so she paid me $20 a week to walk her dog every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it would just be a really short, like 30 minute walk or so. And I loved it. And I saved up my money. And I don't think I even bought a purchase. Because <laughs> that's also been a thing of mine. Like, I think it's great to save up money for something. But I've always just liked to save up money. Like, I've, uh, saving alone was was exciting enough for me. It didn't need to be saving for anything. And that habit has remained. Then as I got older, cat sitting, dog sitting, dog walking, writing people's papers for them, helping with homework. Um, what else? Babysitting. And then summer after high school, I had this brief stint where I sold I worked in sales, but it was all commission-based, so similarly never had a boss, was never clocking in, clocking out, that sort of thing. And while this was all going on, I had begun posting on YouTube. So when I was 12 and 13, I was just posting YouTube videos for the fun of it, and I had known about YouTube partnership. I knew that Google owned YouTube, and I got accepted, and I became a YouTube partner, and I started getting checks from Google. And this was really really exciting to get a check in the mail from Google and I just started saving it. I wanted to save it for my adulthood. I wanted to live the life I wanted, whatever that meant. And it was really easy for me to save in high school because none of my friends had been making real money. So it wasn't like I was trying to keep up with the lifestyle. So a lot of it just went into savings, which was fantastic for what I will tell you next. And then when I was 15 or 16, an agent had reached out to manage my YouTube channel and help me bring in sponsorships. And so suddenly I started making even more money because the AdSense is the money that you get from YouTube playing an ad on your video. A sponsorship is when you include it in your own words in your own video. 
So suddenly I had two streams of income because of YouTube. All that money was just going into savings. By the time I had graduated high school, I had saved up $10,000 and I was applying to colleges and my manager at the time had said to my parents and I, what if Lexi took a gap year? What if she could host some things from Awesomeness TV? She could do YouTube. She's a part of this network, which I don't know how relevant networks are anymore. They seem pretty irrelevant to me, but essentially the way that television channels had networks, YouTube channels would have networks as well. And the networks would also be helping bring in brand deals and lots of opportunities that I will tell you shortly. So I decided, sure, let me go to Los Angeles. Why would I not? This is such a cool and rare opportunity, whereas college is something that is on such a traditional path that I'm happy to hop back on that path at any time. But right now, there's an opportunity that would be such a waste to not take. So I moved to Los Angeles and I did exactly as she said. I was posting videos on my YouTube channel. I was hosting the Seventeen Report for Seventeen Magazine. I was doing little videos for awesomeness, talking about my most embarrassing moments or what it's like to be in a long distance relationship. And then this was crazy. My network was bringing a lot of these LA-based opportunities and a lot of live tweeting opportunities, which to this day is the easiest money I've ever made in my life. We would go to this apartment complex in this lobby, or it was a hotel lobby or something, where there was a big TV section, a big comfy couch, and they would have snacks and drinks. And all I had to do was send three tweets with the hashtag for whatever we were watching, and I would get $1,000. It was so lovely. I did it for an award show. I did it for the Super Bowl, the NFL, this like rapper documentary, random stuff. But the... Uh, the brand would come to the network, so we'll say the NFL. The NFL's like, we have $50,000 that we want to spend on Twitter advertising. Can you find creators that will come sit and tweet during the event with these hashtags? So there'd be a group of us, and the groups were random, okay? Like, Trisha Paytas was there. Speaking of Trisha Paytas, we did another job together. American Idol wanted us to live tweet. And so we went to House of Blues where they were recording and there was a, it was the most random group. If you saw the group picture, it exists somewhere. It was like Trisha Paytas, Kahlo Cullen, Crazy Ray Ray, Shelby Church, Emily June, Claudia Saluski, me. Who else was there? Oh my God. It's, it's one of those photos where you zoom in and it just keeps getting crazier because the judges were also in it. And the judges during that year were Jennifer Lopez, Harry Connick Jr., Keith Urban, and of course the host Ryan Seacrest. So. The fact that I have a photo where I'm in the same space with Trisha Paytas and Jennifer Lopez blows my mind. But same thing, I think every episode I got like $1,000 and Whitney Port's line at Nordstrom. And when I was in Virginia, I was getting paid just for YouTube ads and sponsors, but not events. Whereas suddenly, now that I lived in Los Angeles, I was getting those jobs in addition to these other ones. And the money was fabulous and I wasn't trying to spend a ton so a lot of it was just going into savings. Here was my issue. When I began my YouTube channel, I was in school. So I, I was going to school five days a week, full day, and then I was playing sports. I was playing field hockey. I was swimming. I was running track. I had a boyfriend and I was I had a social life. So I was balancing a ton and I've always been the type of person that I can do more when I'm doing more. The more I do, the more I can do. Happiness runs on busy feet. For example, 
last Monday and last Tuesday, for instance, when I was planning my party, I was a machine. When I have ample time, I waste so much of it. I don't do well with idle time. I need small amounts of free time to recharge, but if I have too much, it's all going to waste. And that is exactly what happened when I was living in Los Angeles. A lot of my YouTube content was being pulled from the life that I was living. I was vlogging in the library at school. I was showing my sports games. I, I was doing outfits of the day for school in the locker room. I, I was going on field trips. The life I was living was giving me the subject matter to create content. And then when I moved to LA, I was no longer in school. I was no longer playing with sports. All I had was my boyfriend, my social life, and my YouTube. And that was not inspiring. Your social life and your relationship are things that you do outside of your work. So suddenly, my entire personal life was the only thing I had going on. And a lot of these jobs are just one-off moments. So, for example, the 17 report, I think I only went in there a couple times to record because I was just changing outfits and we were batch shooting episodes. So even though that was a, I don't know how many episodes it was, but like it was running on a regular schedule, I wasn't going in every single week to record those episodes. Same thing, we did this reality show for awesomeness and that was... Even though it had separate episodes over the course of weeks, that was all shot in a couple days. So so I would do these jobs in the short amount of time, get this money, and then have all this time that I didn't know what to do with. And that is a beautiful thing to have if you know how to spend your time wisely. And I didn't. I just wallowed in it and got really depressed because I felt so incredibly worthless. I didn't know what to do with myself. And then because this was such a lucky opportunity, I was being that much harder on myself, telling myself this is the life that anyone would dream of, where you have the money and the time to do whatever you want. And I realized that I liked challenges. I liked doing things in groups. I liked working and I had reached a point where I had to get out of Los Angeles because it felt like I was living the life of a retired person before I had even begun my career. It was strange. I knew that I was wasting the life that I could be living, and so I made the executive decision to move to New York. And as soon as I got there, I dove right into an internship. I was interning three days a week at Milk Makeup. And as soon as I started that, I fell in love with YouTube all over again because I was getting up each morning and I was getting dressed and I was seeing people and I absolutely loved getting dressed in my little bitchy Manhattan outfit and taking the train to the office and taking the elevator up and grabbing a coffee and then going to the intern table and working on whatever they needed. Sometimes it was signing people in for a shoot. Sometimes it was getting people organized for a shoot. Sometimes it was packing PR packages and mailing them off. Sometimes it was sitting in on meetings, sometimes it was editing videos for their Instagram or their YouTube channel, and I loved it. I loved being in an office with all of these different people. I loved feeling like when someone needed something done, I could serve that purpose, and it was such a great use of my time. I loved it. I enrolled in school. Same thing. I had so much to share online. I've always loved sharing my life online, but when social media is my life, there has to be a way to put this into a sentence. I know that there's a way to word this, but I've never been able to. Social media is the vehicle I use to share my life. Social media is not my life. And so when it has become my life, I become really flustered and unsure of what to do because I've never enjoyed 
only doing social media, and we'll get to that. I've always enjoyed it doing social media in addition to something and using whatever that interest, that passion that's taking up a lot of my time as as subject to share online. Like it helps with that. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. I go to school. I love it. I have so much fun vlogging in the studio, working on class, sharing my projects, week in the life, outfits that I'm wearing to class, blah, 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 blah. I love it. I graduate in May. The pandemic happens. And suddenly that's everybody's life. At this point, I'm 24 and school was so fabulous for me because I developed a work ethic and that is something irreplaceable. I didn't know what to do with myself, 18, 19, 20, when I was in Los Angeles. Then when I'm in New York, 21 through 25, I know what I'm doing. I'm interning, I'm in school, I'm booked and busy and sharing my life. And then the pandemic happens, I graduate online, thank God, it was already the tail end of my schooling because otherwise, I, I don't know, I'm just so glad I didn't go to art school online. That would be miserable. So then we're in the pandemic and I use that. I start vlogging it. Week one alone in New York City, week two alone in New York City, week three alone in New York City, and so on and so forth until I rent a car and I drive down to Virginia and I spend the summer with my parents. So I did this till mid-July. Once I was with them, we developed our own little daily routine where I'd vlog, I'd make content in the morning, and then we'd go swimming in the afternoon, and then I would edit after that, and then we'd have dinner. It was a great system that we had going, and that worked really well for us. I had so much momentum going, and I had felt as if I figured it out. Interning and going to school reignited slash discovered my work ethic, my self-discipline, and suddenly I was good to go. I loved working in 2020 and I loved working for myself in 2021. After I lost my mom, that was my distraction. I went full workaholic mode. I had the camera with me always. I was vlogging the entire process. It went from in high school, school and my social life being the subject matter to being 18, being like, wait a second, I can't just be like another Monday walking around the Grove. Like that felt insane and it was insane and it felt horrible and icky and way too privileged and unfulfilling and I felt so undeserving it was like great I got lucky do something valuable but I had no clue what to do with myself because I was 18 and floundering then I had my internship that was my subject matter then I had school that was my subject matter then we had the pandemic which created fantastic financial years 2020 fantastic financial year 2021 fantastic financial year it it leaked into 2022 which was fantastic but I will say last year my New Year's resolution was rest and relax. You have gone too hard for too long. Please, it de- you don't need to have a monetary goal. You need to heal yourself. You've gone through something life-altering. You need to rest. And so I moved back to Los Angeles in May. And I was so thrilled and excited that that was the chapter I was on YouTube sharing. Like, look at me, I'm back in California. And my move to California, unlike the first time, was not a career move. This was very much a, I need to rest, I need to relax, I need to restore. This is a place that is so close to nature and so close to greenery that is also a hub for the entertainment and digital industry. This is a place you can go. You know people here, you can work here, and you can have a car, and you can go explore the West Coast, and you can be outside, and and you will heal. So that's why I came out here. And the moving was exciting and summer was fun. 
next thing you know, summer blurred into holiday season and holiday season is so hard for me. It always has been and it's somehow only gotten harder. It's just a time of the year that has always been incredibly difficult for me. New Year's spikes me back up to happiness again, but you know, all has been pretty great since New Year's. However, I will say that January, February, and March of this year, I can't lie, I think on my subconscious, it realized it a little bit before I consciously did, but I'm sort of back where I was the first time in Los Angeles. I've been prioritizing my social life more. And as much as I love that, I do love to work. I love seeing the fruits of my labor. And I've noticed that I've stopped posting on YouTube because it kind of feels a little pointless. I'm living this very frivolous life and it's, I don't just want to go out and live, live like a Nepo (laughs) baby. Okay, I'm making it sound like I'm really rolling in the dough. Like, it's not like that. I'm not like, I don't own a house or anything. Like, I could make financial steps towards that. I just want, I want purpose and I love this podcast and I love it and Oh my god, my team. Think about being my manager during these years. They loved me. My team is not greedy by any means, but at the end of the day, it's a business for them. Whereas this, I still have had trouble because it's been a hobby since 12, shifting it to being a business. I love that I can make money and afford this lifestyle, but in 2020 and 2021, because I was posting so regularly, my team just had sponsor after sponsor ready to plug into my vlog because these brands were so excited to be a part of it because she was posting, she meaning me, was posting all the time. And then when I created the podcast, they're like, oh, this is fantastic. First, we can have one to two sponsors a week. And then we have the ads for the podcast. You go, girl. Like, they're, they were thrilled. And now I'm not on YouTube right now. I, I've, I haven't posted for like a month and a half because like, what the hell do I, what the hell do I talk about? I feel like all my dreams have come true. What's my next dream? What a beautiful problem to have. So I haven't posted on YouTube in a month and a half because I have nothing to talk about. Nothing. There's nothing but air going on up here. And I love this podcast, but this podcast takes one and a half to two days to do. That leaves me with three to three and a half days a week to find something else to do. So last night I was Googling outdoor career paths that pay well. (laughs) Park ranger, landscaper. (laughs) I'm looking, y'all. I'm looking. Another thing is, similar to what I had said while planning for my birthday party, I love being on my feet and I love the outdoors. And I love interacting with you guys. Oh my God, if I could just, uh, like I should look, there's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities. Talk about decision fatigue. (laughs) the genie says you can have whatever you want you're like I just want more wishes so you can essentially give yourself a little more time like what do you actually want what do you actually want so my history with work has been so unique and untraditional the fact that I've made it this far I'm 27 still having never had a traditional job I've never had a real boss yes I had a boss while I was interning but I wasn't getting paid I was not getting paid. I got a small lunch stipend that still didn't afford lunch. I'm thinking about what's my next move? What do I do? And I wanted to discuss this to see what you guys were thinking. So I did ask on Instagram and a lot of you want to know about work-life balance. A lot of you want to know about influencer work, how much we get paid, how many hours we're actually working and money saving tips and all of that sort. And I have answers for you. So we'll get into that. But first a word from today's sponsors. Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know the one with the turquoise tube all over your socials? 
Yeah, that's Thrive Cosmetics, and Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards, it's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I love their Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlight stick made to brighten and open your eyes, giving an instant lift, but also you can... You can apply it down the bridge of your nose or ever so slightly blending a line onto my cheekbone. It's really versatile and easy to blend. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash Lexi. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash L-E-X-I-E for 20% off your first order. It was time for me to create a website. It was a long time coming. I have a ton of graphic design that I've made back in the day, thumbnails I've made for YouTube, YouTube videos, hosting gigs that I want to be able to show as a portfolio. So I made one on Squarespace and this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. It truly is such a user-friendly experience when it comes to making websites. If you have no idea where to start, they can make it look gorgeous for you. It's very user-friendly. But then if you also have a very specific vision, you're able to do that here as well. They also have email campaigns. You can easily collect all of your email subscribers on your site and then build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. You can introduce your brand to subscribers with welcome emails or announce an upcoming sale or send your top customers a discount code. There's built-in analytics that measure the impact of every send. Head to squarespace.com slash Lexi and save 10% off on your first purchase of a website or domain using code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E. You ever want to tap into something a little fun? A fun pair of shoes that are also quite functional? That's a cowboy boot. And get a pair of Tacovas to help. Tacovas is the real deal. They're a really amazing brand. Their boots have this time-honored tradition and take over 200 steps to create. They're designed in Austin, tested in Texas, and made down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. They're also fun. They believe in Western for all. So when you go into a Tacova store, you're greeted like family, offered a boot shine, and a drink. Even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that makes your boots feel truly one of a kind. So look up your closest store on tacovas.com. As a special opportunity for my listeners, Tacova said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free in any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas. Just use code LEXI at checkout. That's L-E-X-I-E. At checkout and add free logo hat to your order. And that's only at tacovas.com. Point your toes west. I'm a little bit of a drama queen, but I definitely will be having a horrible day and then wash my hair, style it, and then think, okay, everything's actually all right. (laughs) And one of the best products I've tried recently is Waze New Hair Gloss. It takes five minutes. It's an easy addition to your routine. You do it in the shower. It's made with hyaluronic acid and rice water. Not only does a hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhance color vibrancy, so your hair is looking and feeling healthier. It also helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees, which is very important to me. And then it's honestly just a bonus that my hair looks shinier and healthier. The hair gloss is only one of the amazing products that Way makes. They have an amazing leave-in conditioner, a great detox shampoo, some lovely fragrances, and a hair oil. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use promo code Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Lexi. First thing I want to talk is money because 
this is the best financial advice that I've gotten and I wish someone laid it out because both of my parents are spenders. Not every adult has financial literacy. I also come from like shoppers as parents, like they love to shop. I had to really search around. I'm so glad that I had my grandfather, but to get really concrete financial advice and a great gauge is when it comes to saving money, ideally get six months of your living expenses in your savings account. Save your checking account and in there, in checking and savings, have six months of your life in there. If you can get that, you should be so proud of yourself. Now, if you can get a whole year, God, way to go. Make that happen. Make that a goal for yourself. Try to get a year. If you're able to get six months to a year, once again, be so proud of yourself. Then start investing the rest, all the rest. If you have more than that, if you have more than a year of your life sitting in the bank, take that money out, put it somewhere else. Put it in a Roth IRA, put it in a separate retirement account. Find someone in your life If one of your friends has a financial advisor, if one of your parents has one, your aunts, your uncles, one of your friend's parents, find a financial advisor who can help you do something with that money where you can outsource it, have that money grow as you age, and it won't even be in your eyesight. The next thing you know, you're 50 years old and you have so much money to live off of. You're 60 years old. You don't have to bat an eyelash. That has been what I've done and I'm so proud of myself. It has set me up for so much financial security, so much emotional security. I do not have stress over my finances. I've always been a saver, but it's never too late. And the calmness and ease that it gives me knowing that I have money now, but I have money that's saved for later that I can't even see has given me so much peace of mind. So that is what I recommend doing with money that you're saving because yes there's all these tips of how to save money but it's like what are we saving for and what are we going to do with this money that we have just hold it in the bank no put it somewhere else the next question that has been asked a couple times is if i can briefly explain the tax process of being a freelancer and this is so simple taxes get overcomplicated. it is very simple if you're part of a management which a lot of influencers are They will send you a 1099 or a W-2, which is a form that's going to tell you how much you earned for the year. You take that information into TurboTax, which is what I've used always. I want to get an accountant this year, but I've been doing my taxes since I was 16. I know this like the back of my hand. It's never fun. It's boring, but it's easy. It's It's not complicated. It's just boring. You plug in that information, and then you look at all of your spending from the year that you have used on your business, and you plug and play that until... All of the money that you owe goes down to whatever you're left with and then you pay that. And that is how I would briefly explain the tax process of being a freelancer. I loved reading a couple of your responses. All I said was the theme is work. So ask me questions for the podcast. And my Instagram handle is at Lexi, just like the name of this podcast. And a lot of you said learning that I love work or growing up is realizing that I need work in my life in order to be happy. And that has been a strange realization that I've had. It feels good to work. I have I have time and I have energy. I want to use it on something bigger than myself. And what am I going to do? Just like shop all day? Walk around the park? It feels like I'm my own stay-at-home girlfriend. Which, if that's what you dream of, go off. My realization is that I haven't. That's not what I dream of. And a lot of you that are working from home now are wanting to know about the work-life balance, which I think is really interesting. 
that a lot of you who have maybe dreamt of this freelancing lifestyle where you are your own boss or at least you get to work from home are seeing it now and in a lot of ways. It's not that it's not all it's cracked up to be, but there are blind spots that a lot of us didn't recognize until we were working from home. For example, a lot of people before the pandemic were working in an office and then since COVID, a lot of businesses have realized that it's a waste of money to have an office when everyone is working on their computers anyway. Why don't we have them work part-time remote or even full-time remote? And with that, you get to dream of like, are you kidding? I can work from my couch. I can work from my bed. I can work in my pajamas. I can order lunch to my house. I can use my own groceries in my fridge. I can play with my dog all day. I can be at home with my kids. And then you realize, oh my God, it's been two weeks and I've left the house twice. It's Thursday and I've worked from my bed every single day. I'm in the same pants that I was on Monday. It's Friday. You know, there's little things where you're like, my mental stability is shifting because I'm not leaving my house. And with modern society, there's less and less reasons to leave the house. And that can be a really rude awakening for a lot of people, myself included. I love being up and at them. I love waking up and I like bopping around all these different places. I like going to museums. I like going out to lunch, going out to dinner. I like going on walks. I never regret going outside. And not having a reason to can be hard because it oftentimes feels like, wow, if I leave the house, all I'm going to do is spend money. And that is just so false. There are so many things you can do outside for free. You and your friends can sit on a deck for zero cents. You and your friends can sit at a park for zero dollars. It takes zero dollars to call your mom and go on a walk. And let me tell you, the experience sometimes is priceless. So the work-life balance, I totally understand, can be really hard for those of us that are shifting to working from home and being our own boss and or being our own boss. Now, if you're on the other end of the spectrum and you feel that you have no personal life, your friends and family haven't heard from you in weeks, no one knows how you're doing because you live and breathe your work. You have a really demanding job and you have no idea how to rest. You need to learn this before it's too late. That rest is essential for your quality of work. If you are not sleeping, if you are not feeding yourself, if you are not nurturing your relationships, you are going to deplete and so is your quality of work. I mean, this is a really gruesome and somewhat dramatic example that's coming to my mind, but let's say you have a baby and you hire someone to watch your baby. And so they're like, all right, I have to watch this baby. I can't sleep because I have to watch this baby. I can't eat because I have to watch this baby. Suddenly that person's getting weaker and weaker. They haven't slept. They haven't eaten. What if someone actually tries to come in and take the baby? They don't have the energy to save this baby because they haven't been nurturing or feeding themselves. As I said, kind of a random little weird example, but the point is we have to nurture ourselves in order to remain strong. And rest is more important than you probably think it is. Also, if your shitty job that is not allowing you a work-life balance isn't on a trajectory to a job that you really want, no job is worth it. If you're working a dead-end job that you hate, it is not worth the stress, please leave it. Please let this be your sign. Leave it. Now, if you're climbing the ladder and this is just one hard step of the way, <sighs> bite your tongue. It'll be over soon. So two different pieces of advice on depending on where you're going, but you deserve rest. And here's another thing that I want to bring up. As someone who works for themselves, 
I can work anywhere. That's one of my favorite parts. I can work from the beach. I can work from my home. I can work from another state. I can work in another country. It doesn't matter. I work on the internet, therefore I can work anywhere. That being said, when I'm invited somewhere, like if I'm going home to see my family or if let's say my friends wanted to take a trip to Mexico, I would think to myself, oh, amazing, I can just work from Mexico. That's great, but sometimes we need to not work just because we can. There's always more we can do, but there are times to stop. Stopping is just as important as starting. This is an interesting question, how to know who we should share things with or not. Parentheses plans, kind of like the whole moving in silence concept. Uh, interesting question, because I this is kind of difficult to answer, right? I was thinking about all of the people I know in my life who have wanted to start something big, and they create the Instagram account, and you go to the page, and there's maybe two photos on the page. It turned into nothing. It's like, this person hasn't posted since last May. There was this whole big announcement, big things coming, and then it turns into nothing. At the moment, my answer is there's no need to make a big announcement until it's already happening. You know what I mean? These grand opening big announcements are lovely, but if the ball's not already rolling and you haven't really done anything with it, it's a little embarrassing, right? You're like, damn, I just told everyone to go follow this account. I have, I'm doing this thing. And I have like this one artist friend in particular where she has an interest. Like she might be interested in shooting photography or she was interested in making tank tops or she made like rugs for a minute. It was kind of like, hey guys, I'm making rugs this week. Let me know if anyone wants one. It wasn't, I'm starting a rug business. Here's my Instagram, follow my rug making account. It was, I'm trying this thing. If you want to commission me to make a rug, by all means, I'll absolutely do it. Or I've made this tank top. If anyone wants one, here's the order form. And then if she eventually had a store, it, like she's made so many things, it makes so much sense. You know how your eyes get bigger than your stomach when you're ordering at a restaurant? Sometimes your, your ideas get bigger than your execution and you get so excited and the enthusiasm sometimes overpowers the actual business. So how to know who we should share things with or not. I think there's nothing wrong with brainstorming ideas, talking about ideas with friends, but no need to hard launch anything until it's kind of in the works. This is not a fully fleshed out answer, but I think there's nothing wrong with sharing. It just can get a little embarrassing if you share something and then you don't actually do it. Now for the juicy questions. How many hours per week do you think the average influencer works? Because you have these tiny micro influencers that are hustling you know you have these micro influencers that are cold calling cold pitching out to brands let me create content for you let me work for you i love your product happy to create content and then they're out and about getting their brand set and ready to go and then you have other influencers that have just been posting content naturally and then the public loves them they don't have to try at all. It is effortless, and then occasionally they'll just get fat brand deals that pay their bills. I remember when I was first living in uh, Los Angeles, there was this girl who didn't like to work. The internet loved her. She was just a chill, cool girl, and she was like, I just need two brand deals a year. Her brand deal rate was between 50 and 60,000. Two, two jobs, two sponsors, and she was making 100 to 120K. Imagine two pieces of work and you've made $120,000. That's insane. 
So there's not a lot of work that goes into it. Then you have influencers that are just so incredibly driven and they see the vision, they see they see the path and they see the path far along and they are investing their time and money into projects that we don't even know yet. Then you have the influencers that are dipping their toes into a ton of things. They're acting, rehearsing for auditions and self-tapes, or they have their own business outside of their social media. So it's like, yes, they're working on what content they're creating for their personal life, but then they also have their brand, their clothing line, whatever it is. But for me, what I would say is that I said already, it takes me about a day to a day and a half to get the podcast done. It takes about three to four days for me to make a YouTube video. And between you and me, my ad rates for the podcast are just as much as my ad rates for YouTube and Instagram. And it just takes so much more work to make a YouTube video. It takes so much longer. So when I was making a ton of content for YouTube and I was really loving it, it was fine to have these sponsors because I was just making YouTube videos anyway. Because I had sponsors in every single video, I got used to earning that much money for every video that I post. So it got to the point where I didn't really want to post a video unless I had a sponsor, which is then a ding, 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 you're not passionate about YouTube right now. But this has been an ongoing realization. I've never liked just doing YouTube. I've always liked having something in addition to it. So I honestly believe that whatever my next move is, once I'm loving whatever I'm doing with my time, I'm going to be back on YouTube, but right now I just have nothing to talk about, and I have this podcast, which I love so much more, but it it just takes a lot more time and energy to create a YouTube video than it does a podcast or an Instagram photo or an Instagram story. Are you kidding me? An Instagram story? Now, it also depends on the level of content you're making. I think de- depending on how expensive your brand is will depend on how much time it takes you to create that content and by how expensive your brand is I mean how high production and how high quality your content is some people's appeal is truly how casual they are so when a brand okay let's think of a brand let's think of a brand apple apple laptops wants their new macbook promoted if they go to one influencer who has a really casual persona they're very like grassroots girl next door the content that girl is gonna make is gonna be sitting in her bedroom saying hey guys (laughs) it's like am i talking about myself (laughs) she's gonna talk to the camera and say look at my new macbook look how cool this is insert all the talking points and features whereas there's other influencers that are not this casual girl next door Some influencers are a lot more cinematic and they're going to rent a hotel room that has the right vibe and they're going to have a videographer record them using the laptop, zoomed in shots of their fingers typing on the keyboard, them like looking over in a glorious outfit. Maybe they'll have text of the talking points or whatever. Like it might be a higher production, which would take a lot more work. That being said, You also have to know why your audience is following you and which one would be received based on the type of content that you've made. I always think improvements are great, but sometimes it's it's a lot more work than it needs to be. So how many hours per week do you think the average influencer works is not a question that I think I'm able to answer. Also, we haven't even really talked about the details of sponsors. You could create this content and some brands see your content and they say thank you so much go live tomorrow 
Money will be deposited soon enough. You'll see it in your bank next week. Fantastic. Other brands will see your content and they will send a three-page essay telling you how wrong it is and how everything needs to be fixed and you need to reshoot it. And God forbid you were the one that just did the casual in your room video saying, hey guys, look at my laptop. Because if you're the one who rented out the hotel room and the videographer, suddenly you're gonna have to do that all again. And it's a pain in the ass. So it depends on the brand. It depends on the type of work. It depends on the brand that you're working with. It depends on your own personal brand. It depends on the size of your audience. And it also depends on your personality. Like some people care more and some people, as I said, like that one girl who could make a hundred grand a year, 120 grand a year, two videos, unreal. What is my ideal work environment? Ding, 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 I don't know. That's the whole problem. I realize that I don't love sitting at home. I love when I'm out and about. I love when I'm meeting you guys. I, uh, I met one of you this morning. You were walking your dog. I was getting my coffee. We had a little exchange outside my car. I'm like, I love this. We need to have like the Atlexi hikes, the Atlexi hotel, the Atlexi retreat. Like I want to, there's got to be like a business concept where I'm having more in-person things. My ideal work environment would be working with people and be on my feet. I just haven't mastered that yet. I haven't figured out how that can work with my skill set. So that is to be decided. And if you have any tips or any advice for me, by all means, go to Instagram, send me a little DM. You guys know me probably just as well as I know myself at this point, depending on how long you've been watching. So I would love your insight if you have any. This is an interesting question because this applies to coworkers. How to actually be a good worker while making friends and not being stuck up? There is absolutely a way to be a good worker and have friends. You need to be friendly, but I do think the subject matter at work should be work. And if anything you're speaking about, should be relevant. People love to gossip. People love to talk. You don't need to succumb to that. I think the way that you don't seem stuck up is you have a warmth and you have a friendly, enthusiastic attitude. But at the end of the day, you know what your priority is and you can be a friendly, great employee. And I think people want that. They want someone who is caring and thoughtful and is who puts in great effort. This is also an interesting question. Should the ladies talk about work with their mans or is that too much masculine energy? Ugh. Talk, if you want to talk about work, you talk about work. If you love your work, you love your work. Every person has a mix of masculine and feminine energy. And so what? Do not stop yourself from talking about work with your mans just because some YouTuber told you it's important to be in your feminine. Like, men don't like that. Shut up. Maybe I'll eat my words one day, but I think if you're being yourself, you're being yourself. If that's what makes sense to you, do it. Okay, this question is one that I can't wait to give my answer for. Someone said, trying to become an influencer, how do you stay motivated starting with limited resources? The beautiful thing about being an influencer is that the only resource you need is a phone. As long as you have a phone and something to show, on the camera, you're good to go. You don't even need a laptop anymore. You can edit on your phone. You can have a YouTube channel. You can edit on TikTok. You can have a TikTok account. You can have an Instagram, whatever social media you want to perform on. You honestly don't even need to have the camera. If you want to be an influencer, you could be a blogger. You could be a Redditor. Do people make money on Reddit? I'm going to back that one up. The only resource you need is a cell phone. And as Casey Neistat once said, the best camera is the one that you have. 
you don't need all the extra stuff. If someone's trying to convince you to buy like a steady cam, a, a certain camera, like, no, 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 the iPhone is great. Start with what you have. You don't need to go crazy with it. This is also an interesting question. How to not over identify with your work, even though you're proud of what you do. Oh, isn't it so nice to be proud of what you do? I love when I make a video and I actually want to show my friends because a lot of my content feels so uh, referential. Like for you to enter my content, it's almost as if you have to know me. Maybe not as much with the podcast, but I still would argue with the podcast as well. And maybe you guys don't agree with this, which in that case, I'd love to know. But I don't really create content that's one-off. You could tune in. It just feels like it's too intertwined with my life, whereas a lot of people create content or work that you can just click on the YouTube video and get like the five healthy habit recommendations and then leave the video and never see something from that creator again. Uh, And if you're creating, I don't know, a graphic design or a painting or a sculpture, I think it's amazing that you identify with your work because especially if you're an artist or not if you're an artist, really, if you just are proud of your work, it's an extension of yourself and it's something that you've created and it should be something that you're proud of. Oh, okay, now I'm reading again and I'm interpreting this differently. I'm reading this now as you might just have a really cushy title or like a really fantastic household name brand. It's like, oh yeah, I'm the graphic designer at Apple or I'm the product developer at Nike. You know, you just like have something really brag worthy, which in that case, that's an ego thing, you know? That's not an extension of yourself. That's that's a societal brag, which in that case, you want to make sure you like your insides as much as your, your outside titles. You can't like yourself more on paper than you do inside. Love this question. Tips for someone wanting to pivot career paths at 25 from marketing to midwifery. Okay, I love that. I'm with you where I feel I want to do something new and different. I I want to share it on social media for sure. I know that if I were to become a park ranger, you best believe I would be blogging at the park. You know it. You know it. You know that I'd be like, come on a hike with me. This over here is California sagegrass. If you bundle this up and tie it on and put it in your car, it's a fantastic air freshener. They also call it cowboy cologne. You can rub it on. You know, I could just see it. I see it so clearly. But that's a little personal answer to me. Reading this as you not me which I'm constantly wondering I think a lot of us are like am I too old you're 25 you're younger than I am you can totally honor yourself in making a career path you can make a career path pivot at the age of 40 at the age of 50 60 70 hell if you want to become a model in your 80s so be it go for it I want to encourage you to do this I'm excited for you I love this path my tip is to go for it. Dive in head first. Oh my god, someone said this. I said it already. Someone said, not a question, but I want to say that staying in a shitty job is not worth the mental stress. The tribe has spoken. And on that note, I'm going to end the episode. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. I'd love to chat in my Instagram DMs. If you like the podcast, rate it five stars. Give it a little review on the podcast app. And I will see you online somewhere else, but you'll hear from me next week on the pod. Thanks for listening. XOXO, Lexi.